Okay, good morning again. Well, it's so good to be together this morning. Uh, I've been away on holiday for a couple of weeks. Great to be back with you this morning. After went away, came back a week later, and suddenly the, the grass that had been brown was green, and the weather that had been hot was cold, and suddenly felt like England again. But it's good to be back. This morning, we are welcoming a very special speaker. Some of, us, some of us experience the awesomeness of, uh, of uh, Carlos's uh, polar bear illustration. I'm, I'm hoping he hasn't got a large knife with him this morning. But we are looking forward to what Carlos has to bring. Let's welcome Carlos Bertrand. Well, you'll be glad to know that. Oh, is uh, Yeah, so good. You'll be glad to know that. I haven't, haven't got with me any, any dangerous props. Uh, today or gruesome stories, so the polar bears are going to survive today. It's good to be here with all of you. Uh, seriously, seriously good to be here. Uh, welcome if you're here for the first time. It's my first time as well. Not, not in the church, but preaching. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I would appreciate that if you're patient with me. Um, I'm just going to tell you a little story before we start. Um, See what you make of it, and think about it. How would you react if you knew the main character in this story? This is a lady with two daughters. Uh, they both married. Uh, they both have kids. Uh, one of them is actually uh, living in their own home. Uh, but the other one, uh, sadly, you know, life hasn't been good, and they're living with the, with the mother, okay? Um, Husband and um, they got two kids. They they don't work because sadly they, they, they have problems with alcohol, they have problems with drugs, and uh, so they're doing pretty pretty bad. Um, people you know keep saying to this to this lady, why why do you you know you let these these guys to be in your house? Why why don't you just kick them out and uh, let them do their stuff? Sorry. Um, so um, people just keep asking, uh, you know, why, why is she doing that? And she just keeps saying, oh, you will understand. You will understand one, one day. Why do that? Things got slightly um, worse um, in the last few days. And this, this lady actually was punched in the face by the daughter. And uh, you know, it's, it's things like that. Police was, was, uh, came to see the, what happened, but um, um, she just said, no, it's all, it's all good, don't worry, just, you know, we, we're going to work through this. And uh, he just kept giving opportunities after opportunities to this, to this uh, uh, daughter and husband. Um, and uh, so um, just, just think about it. People have started, uh, you know, even friends and church family saying, there's something wrong with this lady. Is that, you know, something is not right in her head. Probably is, is, is the mother that's actually crazy, not, not the husband and the daughter, uh, and things like that. So think about it. And if there is time, we're going to come back to that story at the end. And I'm going to let you know why I wanted to share that with you. Okay. Uh, Two Sundays ago, we, we are actually exploring the uh, series Reason with Christ, uh, the book of Colossians. Two Sundays ago, we learned about, um, you know, how we died to our old life, and we've been risen with Christ, which is, which is amazing. We have been risen with Christ. 
Uh, last Sunday, uh, where's my friend John? Uh, John Hosey was preaching about, about, you know, the old self and all the things that we need to put off and take off from us uh, because we have been given a new self. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the things that we need to put on uh, uh, because, and why can we put these things on? Because who we are. Okay, so I'm just going to show you. Uh, well, first of all, if you have your Bibles, the church, church Bibles, and if you go to page 1184, we're going to read in Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read the verses 12, 13, and 14. So page 1184. And it says like that. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord, ha as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we're going to be, you know, learning a little bit from that text this morning. Things that we need to put on. Most of the time, we can recognize people uh, or uh, what, they, what people do or what people, you know, what they are, um, just to looking at what they're wearing. Uh, I got some pictures today here. Let's see if you can recognize what they do. <coughs> Okay, so we got that one first. What do you think he's, he does? Liam. Excellent, thank you very much, Liam. I didn't train Liam for this, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's just a very clever boy. <laughs> so that one, is a, that one is a policeman. Thank you, Liam. That one, what do you think they do? Or what they are? Come on, apart from Liam. Footballers. That was an easy one. I thought it was going to be easy, this. That one, fireman. That one. <laughs> there you go. A stormtrooper. I think that was one of the coolest uniforms in the universe, isn't it? <laughs> and that one, what is it? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. So, um, as Christians, um, you know, we don't, we don't really wear uniforms. Uh, people cannot identify us for what we're wearing. We don't have this... You know, I love JC shirts all the time, or I'm a Christian and I like it, things like that kind of stuff. Uh, but there are certain things that we can put on uh, as Christians, as believers, and they're going to help us to be identified as, uh, you know, as one of uh, Jesus' followers. Um, John uh, was saying last, last week that this is not about being legalistic. It's not about, uh, I become a Christian, and now this is a list of do's and this is a list of don'ts. It's not about that. We are already saved. We have been saved. It was a gift. Uh, um, salvation is a gift. So, but this, uh, this list I'm going to give you today, the things that we can put on, we, we can put on because of who we are. And that's what we're going to, to see uh, this morning. If we go back to the, the verse we were reading, um, Paul well, the, the, is starting uh, that verse saying, 
you are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You're God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So that's what we are. And these terms, chosen people, dearly loved, and holy, they were terms that uh, God used to use in the Old Testament to refer to Israel. Israel was the, you know, his covenant people and his, his people. But the, the good thing is that now he's got a covenant with us, and these terms apply to us as well. So you there, you are chosen people. You are holy. You've been set apart for God himself, and you are dearly loved, not just for the people around you, but dearly loved by God. And because of that, therefore, because of that, because we are chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we can put these things on, things that we're going to be um, um, discussing a little bit this, this morning. So the first thing is, uh, Paul is saying here, clothe yourself, put on compassion. Uh, the Greek word that Paul is, is using here is, is actually called splunk non. I've been practicing my Greek, but <laughs> splunk non, which literally, literally means bowels of mercy, bowels of mercy. The, Greek, the Greeks used to um, think um, that the emotions and the feelings were, you know, the, the seat of the, the emotions and feelings were the bowels. Uh, now we say, oh, we know all the love and all the feelings. We, we put them in the heart, but the Greeks used to put them in the bowels. Where exactly the bowels are, well, I think it depends on the shape of your body. <laughs> but, but you know where it is because, you know, you, 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 you feel it's one... Um, when, when, you love, when you love the people, when you, when you see the people you love, the, the one you love, you feel that little... We're feeling it inside, so that is where your bowels are. When, when, you go, when, you, when you go for a job interview and you're feeling that un- anxious, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's where the bowels are. Or when you know you're going to preach the next day. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, that feeling. Where the bowels are. I'm sure Matthew was feeling the, the same yesterday. I don't know who was more nervous, me or Matthew. <laughs> because he didn't know what I was going to say today. <laughs> Those are the bowels, yeah? Uh, it's where our emotions are, yeah? and uh, it's where we, you know, uh, things that we need to care for, uh, you know, sit. So to put on compassion means that when we see someone that is hurting, someone that is in need, someone that is grieving or in great sorrow, someone that is far away from Jesus, to put compassion on meals, that means that we feel pain in there, you know, and, and we feel the need of helping them and comfort them. Jesus, Jesus felt compassion. He was a compassionate man. Um, and I'm going to read uh, a, few, a few verses from the Bible just to give you some examples. Um, you don't need to look for them. I'll, I'll read it for you. Uh, Matthew 15.32 says, Jesus called his disciples uh, to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. So people felt compassion when people were hungry. Uh, Sorry, Jesus felt compassion when people were hungry. Matthew 9.36 says, when he saw the crowds, 
he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. So Jesus felt compassion when people were without leads. They were lost. Matthew 14, 14 says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So Jesus felt compassion where people were ill. Yeah, so he was a compassionate man. I remember when I was a teenager, my dad used to take me out very often, but not just to do normal things like, you know, dad and son do for the football or have a pint somewhere. He used, he used to take me to hospitals to uh, collect bodies, you know, someone died there, collect bodies that no one wanted to, co to, to, to collect, that no one, you know, care about. So we used to go put that body in our car, buy a box, and go and bury them. He used to take me to the prisons uh, to give food to people, uh, especially the ones that were members of the church, but for some reason they were now in prison. <laughs> but he used to take me there to give some food to them and, and talk to them. He used to take me to homes where moms and kids were crying. We used to put those people in our car and run away because there was a violent dad behind them. He used to take me to bars, not to have a pint, but to pick someone up that was on the floor unconscious because he was so drunk. So we put it in our car and took it home. And I was thinking, gosh, why can't we not do normal things <laughs> as a dad and as a, as a son? You always do. But I didn't understand at the time, but I understand now, just a few years later. He, ha he felt compassion for them. He felt pain for these people. And actually, I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he took me, because now I understand. So how do you feel when you see people hurting, when you see people in financial problems? How do you feel when you see people running away from Jesus, or people that doesn't know people, uh, sorry, doesn't know Jesus? Do you feel that pain inside you? Do you, are, you are you feeling you know, the need of, of helping them and, and comforting them? So we are called to put on compassion. We need to be compassionate. Verse, uh, keep saying, Paul keeps saying, verse, we are to put compassion and kindness. Some versions of the Bible translate kindness as goodness as well. The quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Um, well, compassion is a respond to those in need, the ones that you know, are in need and we feel compassion for them. Being kind or kindness and goodness is, is the desire of, of doing the good to everyone. Okay, this is not just the ones in need, but, but to everyone. God the Father is so kind to us that he, he provides everything we need and sometimes even more. And he doesn't do it because he needs to do it. He, he does it because the goodness of, you know, out of the goodness of his heart. He's so good and generous to us that he sent his son, his only son, as a provision of salvation for us. Jesus, good and generous as well. He never show, showed favoritism uh, towards the people that were around him. He, he, made, he, he made people... You know, uh, normal people, common people feel, uh, he, he make them feel, um, is that the right expression? Make them feel special and important. 
Uh, Jesus made nobodies into somebodies. We got some examples in the Bible. This is a word I've been practicing. Let's see if I can, I, I can pronounce this. Uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was a, a chief tax collector. And he, was, he wasn't very, very popular within the Jew community because of what they did. Uh, but Jesus you saw him in the tree and he said, hey, I want, to have, I want to have supper with you. He was kind to him, even when the others didn't want to. The Samaritan woman, you know, she, the Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along. But Jesus had a really nice conversation with her. Um, and he was, he was kind to her. You know, Judas, the disciple, traitor. And Jesus knew that. But, you know, he treated him in the same way. He was good to him as, you know, he was good with the other disciples. So I'm going to tell you a story. Any resemblance to reality is purely coincidental. <laughs> Born and bred Rebecca. Born and bred in Bournemouth, Rebecca, an extraordinary, beautiful woman, <laughs> was married to an extraordinary, ugly man. <laughs> one, one day, a friend of the family came along and she said to Rebecca, how, how come you married this man? You know, and how, how come you're still with him? And, and Rebecca said, well, you know, this guy never once have hurt me. This guy was so kind and so good to Rebecca that any, everything else didn't matter. Didn't matter. So I know what you're thinking, but it's, it's not our story. <laughs> I'm not extraordinarily ugly, man. <laughs> we need to be good and we need to be kind with people, not just with the, one, the people we like, not just with the peoples that have the same status as us, not just with the people that have the same background or they're coming from the same place we're coming from. We need to be good and kind with everyone. So we call to put on compassion and we, we call to put on um, goodness and kindness. Humility is the next one. It's the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance. Sadly, we live in a society where, you know, being humble is not fashionable. We, being humble is seen as a weakness rather than a, a virtue. And the loudest is usually the one that gets all the attention. Uh, uh, you know, John was saying that he reads the Hello magazines and that kind of stuff only when he goes to the dentist. <laughs> but you see people there that, you know, they doing things that they don't have any long-lasting value or eternal value at all. But because they're loud, they just get attention. We need, to, we need to learn how to be humble. I'm showing this in this church never happened, but let's see if you have heard these kind of comments. Oh, John's preach was good last week, but I think I could have done better. <laughs> Are we wait for her to say hello before I say something. This is all about me. I'm not going to go and say hello first. No, no, no. Carlos, guess what? I climbed snow, is it Snowdon. Snowdon. I climbed Snowdon last week. Oh, really? I've done it three times and written and, and, uh, already. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to join that life group this time because I know enough about theology. Actually, I know more than that, 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 that the group leader. 
So I'm not going to join life group this time. If we tend to think like that, if we tend to act like that, we're not being humble, we're just being arrogant. So the problem, you see, is not to be aware of our skills and not to be you know, acknowledging how good we are doing things. That's, that's not a bad. Actually, it's a good thing when you're aware of what you're capable of. But the problem is that when your self-esteem is so high, you let your self-esteem go so high that it becomes arrogance. C.S. Lewis, I think it's this one. Yeah. C.S. Lewis says, says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less as in left less often. Jesus was one of the greatest examples of humility. In Philippians 2.8, Paul says, says this, and being found, about Jesus, sorry, Paul says this about Jesus, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So being God, he became a man, and he humbled himself. It is difficult to be humble. It is really, really, really difficult. Uh, but it's necessary. Uh, I don't know if you know George and Michael, <laughs> but probably if you don't. The thing that they go in the middle there is called the, let's see if someone knows, a joke. Uh, well, I've been practicing that. Joke, that's, those sounds are really difficult for me. Joke, yeah? <laughs> joke. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that thing probably is not used in England anymore because we've got tractors and you know, machines to work the, 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 the land and, and, and the farms and all of that. But in poor countries, we still use them. In Honduras, they still use them. So what they do is they put two cows or, or oxen and, in there, and they, you know, the plow, they, they pull the plow and they work the, the farm. But how this work, or for these things to work, there is, a, you know, things that you need to, to check. For example, the, the, the oxen needs to be the same size, because otherwise it's not going to work. They need to be, uh, one cannot be stronger than the other, or one cannot be taller than the other, because what's going to happen if, is, is that the stronger is going to pull so hard that it's going to break the other oxen's neck. Yeah, and if one is taller, it's going just to happen the same thing. Why well, I'm showing you this, in Matthew 11:29 29 says, take, this is Jesus, take my yoke, joke, <laughs> upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So just imagine, if we are proud, and if we are arrogant, but people, and Jesus is humble, and we go to, you know, we, we put the, the yoke next, and Jesus is next to us. It's not Jesus' neck that is going to be broken, right? So we need to be humble. True humility is recognizing that all the skills you have, all the talents you have, have been given uh, to you by God. And we need to use them to glorify him, not to glorify ourselves. So we are to put on compassion, kindness, goodness, and humility. The next one is gentleness, and some of the versions of the Bible is translated as meekness as well. It's the quality of being kind, tender, or mild-mannered. The way we treat others is important. The way we say things to others 
is really important. We need to stop abusive speech or harsh speech or rude speech. We need to be sweet and gentle. I don't know if you, if you know uh, Gordon. I don't know his surname. What's Mr. Gordon 502 name? Carter, Gordon. He, every time he talks to me, I feel like, you know, like, it's, it's enchanted. <laughs> He talks, you know, he's so sweet and, and gentle. Like, we need to be like that. We need to be like that. Anyway. Where am I? Some of the characteristics of a gentle Christians are, it lacks pride. It is submissive to God's will. It's not rude. It's not reckless. It doesn't resent. It's not demanding. And it's modest. Now, we are to put gentleness and meekness on us, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be dormants. Let me explain you a little bit more about what I mean about that. There was a guy in the States, this guy called Julian, I think. He was writing a book called, a book called Kawa Power, and he created this association called the Dormats, where it, means, it stands for Dependent Organization of Really Meek and Timid Souls. <laughs> if there are no objections. Their motto was, the meek shall inherit the earth, if that's okay with everybody. <laughs> and the symbol was the yellow traffic light. So many, many people think, even in church, that think that being meek, being gentle, uh, is being meek is to be weak. But actually the opposite is true. True meekness is best seen in Christ. He was submissive. Never resisting or disputing the will of God, he absolute, his absolute trust in the Father enabled him to show compassion, courage, and self-sacrifice, even in the most hostile situations. So meekness would be a weakness if it meant yielding of sin. But because it stems from goodness and godliness, is actually a strength. So being gentle and polite, being meek, being, it doesn't mean that we cannot actually tell people off as well. Okay, we can. We can rebuke people. Uh, actually, in Timothy 2.25 says that we need to do it. We need to rebuke people, but we need to do it gently so God can lead them to repentance, right? So we are called to put on gentleness and meekness. Let's hurry up a little bit. Next one, patience. Able. Yes, able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed and anxious. The King James uh, Version of the Bible translates patience as long-suffering as well. So what it means is that we need to put up with things we don't like for a long time. That has to be patient. Who likes fishing? Be honest. We do. We, we, my son and me, we, we do a lot of fishing. And fishing, the, the first, you know, you need to be patient to be a fisherman. We were there, you know, just around uh, Harry Rocks, fishing. Liam was playing this fish there, fighting, you know, for a long time. And I, and I was getting anxious because I, I wasn't catching anything. <laughs> and he was, he was there. And he managed to land, the, you know, to, to, to um, land the, the, the fish inside the boat. And, and, and he was there trying, and, and I was getting impatient. And I said to Liam, just let me help you, let me help you. I'm just going to take the, the hook out of it. I was, uh, and and uh, as soon as I did this, I squished the fish, and the fish went back to the water. <laughs> Liam hasn't forgiven me, still. 
actually, we're going to talk about that later. That's okay. <laughs> because I was impatient. I lost Liam's fish after he, all the effort he put on. You know, we need to be patient in all situations, and we need to be patient with all people, especially with people. And this is all about what that's Paul is saying, okay? We need to be put on patience to be patient with people. We have some examples in the Bible. The parable of the two sons, for example. This one of them where just wasted all the money, but the father never gave up. He was waiting for him. He was patient for, him, for the son to come back. Jacob, he fell in love with an extraordinary, beautiful woman. I don't know if it was beautiful, but, you know, Rachel. And he waited seven years to be able to marry her. Seven years. I would have waited seven years for him. (laughs) Jacob was absolutely, you know, patient. So when our kids, brothers, sisters, when our kids don't do what we want them to do, they, they don't say the things we want them to say, just let's just be patient with them. Married ladies, when you ask your husband to do something soon, (laughs) and soon in your head means in the next hour, but in your husband's head means in the next six months, (laughs) be patient with them. Preach it. (laughs) When your wife, your son, mom, or loved ones Keep walking away from God. Let's be patient. Even when we are ill and God is not working that miracle at the moment, we want that miracle. Let's be patient. God was patient with us. I bet the common denominator between all of us when God encountered us was was the long time he waited for us to say yes to him. So that's the five things we are called to put on to clothe ourselves with. And the product of, you know, clothing ourselves with these five things is that we can bear with one another and we can forgive one another. I'm going to be uh, slightly quicker now. Um, so Colossians 13, if we go to the uh, same passage, but in 13, says, bear with each other and forgive one another If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive, and this is the kind of the most important thing, as the Lord forgave you. Oh, we're all different. We all say things differently. We we all act differently. So sometimes we're going to find someone that is not going to, you know, be okay with the way we, we do things. But we need to bear with one another. Oh, Carlos, but you don't know how annoying Richard is. I just did this, but I'm not pointing at actual Richard. You know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No matter how annoying someone is, in your opinion, we are called to bear with each other and to support each other. Paul says to the Roman in his letter, chapter 15, 12, 1 to 2, he says, who are, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Who's the stronger? Well, the the people that close themselves with all the five things we said. So we are to bear. No one of us is perfect. For this church to prosper, we need to bear with one another and support each other. Forgiving one another quickly. Now, this is a good one. 
let's start acknowledging the, 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 the fact that we are all being forgiven. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have been forgiven, right? So forgiving one another. We offended God with all the bad things we did, but through the death of his son, all the sins and horrible things we did are forgiven. Salvation has been provided. This could be a difficult one for a new believer. All believers are alike. Why to forgive? Why? Well, because we have been forgiven. Why to forgive? Because we have been forgiven. There is no joy in life if there is no forgiveness. You're all the time miserable because there is no joy there. This is a good day, you know, to take things out and get rid of those uh, things that are in our heart, resentments, and invite joy and forgiveness into our hearts again. Oh, Carlos, but, you know, it's easy for you to talk about forgiveness, uh, you know, from the front. You don't know what my dad and my mom did to me. You don't know. You don't know, the, you know, in the hell I've been living for the last 10 years. You don't know. It's easy for you to say, oh, yeah, just forgive. You don't know how my friends treated me last week. The things they say, they said to me. You don't know. Well, let me tell you, I got my own stories, horrible things, and uh, I can tell you that it is possible to forgive if you're willing to. Um, John Piper put it in this way. I don't know if I got a slide for that one. I'm not going to risk it. (laughs) If the forgiveness that we receive at the cost of the blood of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is so ineffective in our hearts that we are bent on holding on forgiving grudges and bitterness against someone. We are not a good tree. We are not safe. We don't cherish this forgiveness. We don't trust in this forgiveness. We don't embrace and treasure this forgiveness. We are just mouthing. We haven't ever felt the piercing, joyful wonder that God paid the life of his son. Son, sorry. It's not easy to forgive. It's not. And we are always going to struggle with it. We're not perfect, so we cannot do things perfectly. We're all going to struggle with that. But the issue is not the fact that it's difficult. The issue is that sometimes we just tuck things in our hearts and we don't want to let go. Sometimes we don't want to forgive. And that's, that's the issue. I love this phrase. I'm actually stealing this phrase from John Hosea over there. It says, do not let your hurt be your final authority. Do not let your hurt be your final authority. We need to forgive each other. We need to get rid of those sentiments in our heart if they are actually affecting us. Even if you have forgotten, let's just, you know, we need to. Finally, finally, yes, love. Let's read, let's read memory, uh, memory, verse 14. Uh, and over all these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love, love produces compassion. Love produces humility. Love produces gentleness. Love produces kindness. Love produces patience. Love makes us bear one another with one another. And love makes us forgive one another. Just let me go back to the story I told you at the, mo- at the beginning. This, this, this lady and the two daughters, when I was preparing for this, uh, for this message, it suddenly came to me that she's not crazy. 
She's just taking all of these things to the higher level. She's been so compassionate with these two guys. She loves them so much. She's been so patient that she keeps giving them, you know, opportunity after opportunity. She is gentle with them. She's done it to the point that people think that she's crazy. But if you think about it, someone else did that for us as well. Jesus was beaten. He was told all sorts of horrible things. He was treated really badly. He went to the cross for us. He loves us so much to the point that people thought that he was crazy. For the people outside, probably they think that we are crazy because we follow a crazy man. But it's not. It's just Jesus was the best example of all of the things that we need to clothe with. So if you are Christian this morning here, just remember, we don't do these things because it's compulsory. It's because of who we are. We are new people. We are chosen. We are holy. And we need to do a follow the example of Jesus. If, you are, if you're not Christian here, you haven't met Jesus, uh, he did all of these wonderful things for you as well. So you could experience this love that produces all of this, and you could experience salvation. So let's um, get rid of all, all the things that belong to our old self and clothe ourselves with these five virtues, you know, that only uh, uh, belong to the, you know, this new self that Jesus has given us. Shall we pray? Yeah. Lord, you are so good, so good to us all the time. Thank you because this morning you have reminded us about what compassionate means to be means and, you know, being humble, being patient, being gentle, uh, being uh, uh, loving. Lord, help us to bear with each other. Uh, help us to forgive each other. If we have something in our hearts that we haven't been able to get rid of, help us this morning to get rid of and help us to forgive others the same way you have done with us. Thank you because you are a good God and you're always working in our hearts. Amen.